Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Let's pod. Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And, you know, Paul, we are back with the final episode of Star Wars with Aaron and Polly uh, for Strange Ever? New World Season 2. So this is the big Strange New World Season 2 finale episode. But before we get to talking about hegemony, uh, I, uh, I want to complain a little bit. And I know that's a little off-brand for me. But uh, <laughs> this is such a positive podcast normally. <laughs> I want to complain about the internet, <laughs> and it's the sad state of affair of internet news because the headline read Timothy Oliphant was almost Captain Kirk. Ah, uh, yes. And I'd like to point out that never was Timothy Oliphant almost Captain Kirk. He was under consideration to be Dr. McCoy in the Star Trek 2009, the J.J. Abrams film. And when he didn't get the part for uh, for McCoy, you know, they thought, well, you know, maybe you could be Kirk, but you're too old. So he was never almost Captain Kirk. It's not like, ooh, we really like you for this part. Ooh, but you're too old. <laughs> because J.J. Abrams always knew that he was looking for a young cast. It just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant was almost Captain Kirk. That's a little bit like saying I was almost president of the United States. Because at some point I thought I should run for president. And then I didn't. But I was almost president of the United If I had just run and been successfully elected, yes, I was almost president of the United States. I'm just saying. I think there's still time for you, Aaron. I mean, you're young. You're young. I, you are that, that's true. way younger I am, than, I, than, I, than either of our last two presidents. <laughs> um, so I, you still have like 30 years that's right. of opportunity that's right. here. 30 years of opportunity. I could still almost be your president, Paul. Just saying. Anyway, that just. <laughs> now, I, I, I got to tell you, I do think Timothy Oliphant would have been a superior Dr. McCoy. Uh, I think he would have been fantastic as Dr. McCoy. He sat, and you know I've got deep, deep Timothy Oliphant love, right? That uh, he is, oh, yeah, same, he, same. he is my major man crush. Uh, but uh, I, I do not see him as a Captain Kirk. I'd love to see him as a Star Trek captain at some point, but uh, he's not. He's not Captain Kirk. He's, you know, he could certainly have been Pike. You know, I, I, I could see him pulling that off. He certainly would have been a lot more. I would have liked to have seen him gun somebody down. I don't get to see near enough out of that ca- out of Captain Pike. So just saying, Timothy Oliver. Yeah, because Pike and uh, <laughs> Pike and uh, the the actual JJ verse was was pretty weak. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. I mean, now that being said, Timothy Olf, I mean, the cast, even though there were only four movies, three movies, three beyond. 
three. Even though there were, I'm, I'm, just, I'm imagining that Star, there, there, there's almost been a Star Trek four. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, <laughs> it, I, it's hard for me to imagine almost anybody else in that cast. Um, I agree. I, even, even though we've yeah. only had three movies with them, yeah. I think most of those castings, you know, and obviously Carl Blair being the number one. Um, uh, but I mean, that cast really embodied those roles. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have the love for Chris Pine that some do, but he did fine in the role. He he, he embodied the role. He made the role his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the rest of them, pretty strong. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I, I feel like the, yeah. the casting was pretty just, strong. Timothy Oliphant's doing just fine in Star Wars. Aaron. I think my only complaint we, about... We're going to be talking about Timothy Oliphant Star Wars in our podcast right. about Star Wars. That is absolutely correct. We will be talking about Timothy Oliphant. In Star Wars, because he's a, he is the marshal, or at least he was the marshal in uh, Mandalorian. Because didn't he's still he still alive? Didn't he get shot down? He did, but if you stayed for the end credits of the Book of Boba Fett, he was in that little uh, chamber that was. Oh, that's right. He did wind up in so. the pod at the end. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So perhaps, perhaps we can have a Timothy Oliphant love fest on Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. I like it. I like it. Uh, and you know, if you didn't catch uh, Paul's hint there, you should go over and check out our uh, Star Wars Theron and Polly. It's in this feed. We dropped it uh, earlier this week. You can check it out there. You can also subscribe to Star Wars with Aaron and Polly over there at iomgeek.com, and it's right there on the front page. You'll be able to find that link to subscribe there. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll dig it. But Paul, it's also available on numerous podcast providers. Yeah, so that's out there. Also that's available correct. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's right. Currently, uh, I'm still submitting it to the others. There you go. There you <laughs> I go. didn't realize you'd have to submit it to all of them <laughs> individually. <laughs> there you go. It's been a while. Yeah, but uh, so you know, we talked last week about subspace rhapsody, Paul. And I said a couple of things that I decided to follow up on. I wasn't just going to be internet guy randomly complaining at at at, at, at the ether. Uh, <laughs> so people could complain about you that's on right. the internet as part of their internet complaint? So one of the things I said is I can't believe they didn't hire a director uh, who was accustomed to directing musicals. And so I went and I looked up who they had, and I can't remember the guy's name. That's not important. But he does have a deep background in directing music videos. I don't oh. – I, I will tell you this right here, Paul. I don't feel like any of that is demonstrated on screen. In the final product of you know, Strange New Worlds, Subspace Rhapsody, I don't think you can tell that the guy who directed that – had experience with music videos, nor should I say that it, that the person who choreographed the dances, uh, in the episode demonstrated any background in choreography. And yet they had an experienced choreographer on the show. I do not understand what went wrong with the direction and the choreography. And it it does beg the question though, because inside the family of Star Trek, Paul, there is a, a, a choreographer that we all know. Uh, uh, Gates McFadden is an experienced choreographer. And I wonder if there was ever a consideration, ever a conversation to invite Gates McFadden to come in and do the dance choreography for Subspace Rhapsody. I'm going to lean towards now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess they, they didn't consider that. I wonder, you know, seriously, I wonder if there was ever just even a thought about that. Because I think that would have been super cool. Just saying. 
Yeah, well, maybe for Subspace Rhapsody 2, Electric Boogaloo. There you go. There you go. Yeah, because, you know, they'll have to do it again. <laughs> Will I'm they? Surprised Will... They haven't, I'm surprised they never did it in disco, right? You know, uh, well, feels like that would have been a prime opportunity. Well, and you know Anthony Rapp has got to be looking across the, 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 uh, the series going, The fuck? I'm actually a musical guy. Why didn't we do that? You know? But, yeah. Anyway. Well, Paul... Did you watch yourself yes, some Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 10, Hegemony? Of course I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, I found it very enjoyable. I have issues, of course, right? <laughs> I mean, this this is going to be longer than a nine-minute podcast. Um, but uh, but for the most Paul? part, I actually quite enjoyed the episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I really very much enjoyed the opener. Um, you know, I have said before that I do not care for uh, many of the cold opens in the show. You know, a lot of times they're just too deep. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, uh, they don't pop enough. And I really thought this one had a terrific opener to the show. It had a great hook. And I, I, I will say that that's true of the entire episode that I was really, it had my attention all the way through. I had two main issues with the episode. Can okay. I go into my issues already? You can two? go into your issues. But then I'll, but, but we'll, we'll go back to positivity here in a second. Okay. One. So, sorry, just to... So, uh, Pike's girlfriend, her ship attacked by the Gorn while she's on an away mission. Um, and so she's stuck on this planet that's under attack by the Gorn. Pike finds out, breaks Starfleet rules, orders, goes down to the planet with an away party to, to save his girlfriend and whoever's left on the planet. Mm-hmm. So that, that leads up to, to where we are now. Um, I mean, there's obviously other details that, I'll, that we'll discuss as part of our discussion. But my first issue with the episode is very early on in the away party mission, a baby Gorn scrolls up in the street. And the Enterprise crew murders that little baby. Oh, yeah, it kills it dead. I mean, that kid is, I mean, the little the little Gorn baby, they're even like, oh, it's a Gorn baby. It's not looking at us. I, bu- I believe I mean, they, they called it her. a youngling. A youngling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kill the youngling. Uh-huh. Just like Anakin. That's right. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they straight up killed it. Like, it, you know, not even an attempt. I mean, obviously, I obviously, I'm aware that the Gorn are on that planet doing bad things. But like 10 minutes later, Pike is like, hey, maybe we should talk to them. And I'm like, you just killed a baby without even trying to talk to it. <laughs> um, so that 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 I was like, huh. That, that 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 was a moment that took me out of the episode. And uh, I have one, but that that was it was a moment that took me out of the episode. There was a moment I absolutely hated. Okay, well, first off, I will tell you that when Pike says, "Well, maybe we should talk to them when they're all holed up," you know, in the uh, in, in the hideout. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you just murdered one of their kids. I don't think they're going to want to talk. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, even if it wasn't your kid, you know, if it was your, your neighbor's kid, you know, I mean, I, you know, even if it's the kid who's just like in your yard from time to time, I'm just thinking that maybe you don't talk to those guys. Yeah. I, uh, I feel I, like the time for talking has passed when you murder an unarmed baby. <laughs> baby. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I, I thought that was a that was a little uh, you know that that was that, that that was a little optimistic on on Pike's part. But what's the part that you absolutely hated, Paul? The part that I absolutely hated was the final scene of the episode. Where where okay, if if we're gonna talk about the final scene of the episode, maybe we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay, yeah, we'll come back to it. Okay, but just spoilers. Just know Paul I hates hate it. it. 
I mean, with the heat of a thousand flames, hated yeah. it. Can I say that one of the things that not only did I love about this episode, but that I love about Strange New Worlds in general, and that is Melanie Scrafano, who plays Captain Battelle, Pike's girlfriend. Oh, yes. She's fantastic. I love her. I do. I And I mean, and that's why I was convinced uh, last week when I saw the preview to the episode, I was like, oh, man, Captain Battelle's going to die. They're going to ref- they're going to put Captain Battelle in the refrigerator. You know, it's going to make it, that's going to be the whole impetus for Pike to go, you know, all uh, all in on the Gorn. Right. I mean, it's going to be the big sacrifice that motivates the hero. And, and, and I got to tell you, I spent the entire episode nervous about Captain Battelle because I just, I like her so much. I mean, I liked her from episode one, season one, when we met her as, uh, you know, uh, you know, Pike's girlfriend. I just, I like her. She's got a lot of charisma. I think she's funny. She, the, the actress has just a tremendous amount of presence on the screen and they've written well for her, even though we don't get to see a ton of her. Um, I like her, and you know I, I'm feeling this this nervous energy, and that is exactly what the writers want you to feel, right? Yeah, they want you to feel like you, there is a real loss you're you can experience here. The the stakes are high, right? So, on the one hand, I'm thrilled that uh, you know Captain Battelle survived to the end end of the episode. Uh, and we'll come back to the end of the episode here in a minute, but I, I really was nervous throughout the entire episode about Captain Battelle. I, if you had asked me la- this time last year that, hey, they're going to introduce Scotty in uh, the season two finale, I would have told you that I, that I, I didn't think, I would not think that that's going to do much for me. But I really like the guy they've got playing Scotty. I do He's too. got I'm some great energy. Yeah, I'm familiar with him, but he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he I, I I liked him a lot. I liked him a whole lot, and I mean, I hadn't read any press about him showing up, so I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when they uh, you know revealed him in the show, I liked that they revealed him as someone who's smart. You know, someone who's creative, he's an out-of-the-box thinker, because those are all things that we know about Scotty. And it was great seeing, you know, him be involved in the story the way he was. Uh, I, I, I just, I liked the agency that he had within the body of the story. Um, I dug that a great deal. I, you know, there's a lot of drama about Nurse Chapel in the story. Like, oh, maybe Nurse Chapel died, died in, you know, uh, Captain Battelle's ship explosion. And, you know, we know that Nurse, unless they're going to deviate wildly from, you know, Star Trek canon, we know yeah. that Nurse Chapel's fine. Um, but I did like the way they played with uh, Spock and Chapel in the episode. Um, I even, one of the things I loved about this episode is that while the show is generally episodic in nature, the characters don't reset from episode to episode as perhaps they did a bit in the original 60s series. Um, I enjoyed that there was conversation like, well, I haven't broken out into song today, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but still the reference to the fact that. Mabenga killed someone two episodes ago. Just putting that out right, there. Right? No, yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But uh, I uh, I think I enjoyed just about everything in this episode, particularly how I, I loved how much fun 
Ortegas was having flying the shuttle, crashing the shuttle down to the planet, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, doing the, the last minute, you know, cut to the, or, you know, engaging of the engines. I thought that was great. Uh, I, I think they've done a really nice job with uh, Melissa Navia's character uh, of Lieutenant Erica Ortegas. I wish we got to see more of her this season. Um, I do too. I feel like Ortega's, I mean, she had some, she had that one spotlight episode where, mm-hmm. you know, the crew got forgetful, I think, right. you know, where, where she, she saved the day, but I, I think the actress is phenomenal. I think she and, is too. And she is charismatic and she is funny and you know, she, she really connects with the audience. And so I would have liked to see her more this year. Yeah. Um, but I think to your point, this episode fired on all, on most cylinders. Yeah. Um, in that it was a, the right combination of humor, adventure and scariness. And, you know, it like, I, I, other than, like I said, the ending and the one little bit about killing the baby, I was like, you know, this is good. Like, this is Star Trek. This is what I want to see. You know, not every episode needs to be a comedy, but I enjoyed some of the comedic episodes. This is the right mix. When you watch the trailer for Strange New Worlds, it's this adventure with humor, and that's what this was. A mm-hmm. little bit darker, but not quite the level of darkness of, of two episodes ago. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is good. This is, this is very much a fun yet significant you know episode where you feel like there are stakes even though you know 50 percent of the characters will, will right. have, have, you know are are, are are totally safe so uh, we get to the end of the episode yeah. and you know the, the the thing that has kept them from rescuing their uh away team and the colonists because there's like a couple of hundred people down on the planet who have so far survived the gorn invasion um, and they need to get them back, but the the Gorn have have declared that the colony planet is within their border, and so they have declared the demarcation line runs just on the other side of, of the planet's orbit, right. and uh, you can't come over here. Um, and so you know the Enterprise is trapped on one side, and then they've the Gorn have established uh, transporter. Uh, disruptors on the planet so that people can't beam up and down uh, willy-nilly. And so they've got, a, they, you know, they, you know, Ortegas flies the shuttle in secretly so that they can get a landing party down and figure out what's going on. But uh, they've got to disengage the, the transporter disruptor before, uh, before anybody can be beamed out, which they managed to do. You know, it, it's a whole thing worth your watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they beam up part of the team, and as they're getting ready to beam up the rest of the team, all of a sudden they can't locate them because that party, including Mabanga and others, and uh, Mabanga, who else was down there? uh, uh, Sam Kirk. Ortegas. uh, uh, Ortegas. They all get beamed, plus 200 colonists, all get beamed over to the Gorn ship. And so, you know, meanwhile, on the bridge of the Enterprise, they get orders from uh, the Admiral saying, you know, you uh, you guys got to turn this stuff around. Uh, you've got to to retreat from uh, Gorn space immediately. You got to leave your crew behind. And there is a huge dramatic pause as everyone looks to Pike for him to do something he hasn't done all season long. Make a fucking decision. And that's what I hated because Pike <laughs> just looks like a deer in the headlights uh-huh. in the last shot of uh-huh. the episode. He's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you are a captain. Yeah. I, I, and that was my <laughs> you thing. You can't choke right now. I hate how they ended it with him just 
considering and just sort of stewing and boiling. I would I would have preferred an ending more like the end of Best of Both Worlds Part One, where Riker says fire, you know, and then we went yeah. all summer going, oh my god, did he just blow up Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? I mean, you know, is is Picard dead? Um, I. I the the notion that our big cliffhanger ending for the summer is so is he retreating or not? <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, I, well, and, and it, it, the problem it is the last shot of the episode was basically an exclamation point on the main thing I've hated about this season, which is that Captain Pike has been useless, right? Um, useless, indecisive, and weak. And that's how they ended the season. Yeah. It's Captain De- Pike, indecisive, useless, and weak. And I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, that is it, – it, 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 and again, the, it, what's frustrating to me is, again, not to reiterate something you've heard me say before, but I thought that was literally the whole point of the season one finale, was P- that Pike's indecisiveness would lead to disaster, you know, if, if you know, if, if the future was different. Yeah. And he's like – I get it. I got the point. And yet, yeah, that's all we've had in this season. Yeah, you know, him taking a step back, him him letting other people take charge, him you know not not doing not being the captain. Right. And that the fact that the last shot of the episode was him, I mean, look looking like terrified and lost, like ah. Uh... I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. That was so frustrating to me. Well, and I feel like... Because he had no problem breaking Starfleet rules earlier in the episode to go get his girlfriend. Yeah. Now it's not his girlfriend. And he, like, didn't uh, have tr- uh, he didn't have trouble breaking Star Trek, Starfleet rules to go, uh, you know, take care of Una, right? You know, he, yeah. he, he has done, he has done all manner of things that are, that are, you know, breaching the rules or bending the rules. I feel like they've got your people, they've got 200 of your colonists. And the Gorn have not yet demonstrated any capacity for diplomacy. And so you're in a situation where what we know is that they will use your people to feed their children. To, mm-hmm. to to incubate and feed their birthing children. That is a horrible way for your people to die. Why he wouldn't have gone, you know, light them up, <laughs> you know, is beyond me. Um, I, I It bothers me that they have neutered Pike as much as they have. Yeah, and that that's the note that they left the season. I on. would have liked to have seen, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, Una should take charge of the bridge. The, yeah. the captain's compromised. I'm taking command. I would have liked to have seen that. I I, right. I was frustrated by the end. I really yeah. enjoyed this episode. Don't get me wrong, but I was super frustrated by the end. I wanted yeah. to see a man of action, and when I say man, I'm not saying you know. I, I wanted to see a person of action. I wanted to see the captain. Yes. I wanted to see the captain take charge. That's right. In that moment, to do what was right to defend his crew. Yeah. You know, because it, it just. Again, for me, especially because it was so at odds with earlier in the episode, them saying you're on the wrong side of the demarcation line. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to figure out a way to break that rule. Yeah. (laughs) Yet when he has so many crew, you know, at at risk there. Yeah. It was. And again, it's just one of those things that they they ended the season with the literally main complaint I've had about the season. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, so and that I, was a frustration point, and, for, and, a major frustration point for and, me. And of course, the Gorn ha- again have demonstrated no capacity for diplomacy. They blew a Starfleet ship out of the sky, killing you know God knows how many Starfleet officers. 
Uh, I just, I, I got a problem with any, anybody holding back in that scenario. Yeah. So, agreed. Anyway. Well, you know, here's the good news, Paul. Season three has been approved. <laughs> However, no production has begun because of strike. So yeah. I'm going to say we're not going to see best case scenario 2025 yeah. for Strange New Worlds. Which is a bummer, yeah. right? I mean, hopefully hopefully late 2024, but very unlikely. I think that's highly unlikely. Yeah. They, they would have to end the strike tomorrow, uh, I think, to make that happen. Yeah. Because there's so much post-production on this show. So I just, well, I just don't see it. So we're, we're going to sit on our frustration for another year, dear <laughs> listener. But we, but we have other Star Trek coming up. We've got Lower Decks coming in September. And then after that, we'll have Star Trek Discovery starting, I think, late December. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's the plan. No, I think Star Trek Discovery is next year. I thought that it was going to be like the last week or so of December, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could too. be wrong. This, this, this could be our last live action Star Trek for 2023. I think it's a, supposed to be but i could like we said could be wrong yeah who knows but not us especially, especially we're not with writer strikes and, and actor strikes you know yeah. sometimes they need some of that stuff for uh post-production um audio dubbing and stuff like that yeah well you know uh paul and you know if people are wondering what we're what in the world we're going to do with ourselves while we're waiting for more live action star trek there is always the taylor sheridan universe of uh of programming i've started watching special ops lioness oh how is that i have not seen it yet it's really good second episode is a little torture porn heavy so you know Uh, okay and i wasn't real wild about it but uh uh, the rest of it's been really good. I've enjoyed that. And I just saw, I don't think I knew this, and if I did know it, I've forgotten it, that uh, Taylor Sheridan is doing a Bass Reeves series, yes. which is coming out later this year. And I can't wait. I love the story of Bass Reeves. And he is the uh, first black U.S. Marshal. He is the, the, the real-life person on whom the Lone Ranger was based on. Uh, I, I just cannot wait to see the Bass Reeves show. That looks fantastic to me. Yeah, and apparently that one's already filmed. Yeah, so. yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's like due out. I think not September, but maybe October. I saw I saw the preview for it the other day, and it was not too far away. Okay. So, so in addition to 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 that, you know, obviously we have lower decks to discuss. Now we will not be discussing lower decks on a weekly cadence, like we uh, like we have. With Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, but we we will certainly you know discuss it. We'll we'll be revisiting our podcast periodically, so make sure you're subscribed because uh, we got to talk about the Day of Blood comic books, any Star Trek news that comes out, and of course Lower Decks periodically throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I did just look up Discovery, Aaron. It is 2024, so we it have is. seen okay. our last live action Star Trek. But in addition to that. We also have Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. That's right. And apparently I see you trying to make Jelly Stone happen. Or, <laughs> or, or Taylor Sheridan with Aaron and Polly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, which means i got to get caught up on, on a number of shows. But I have time because there you nothing's go. filming right now. That's right. That's right. Well, that is the good news is is that while I've got a lot of things on my watch list, i got plenty of time with uh, no new fall shows or anything coming. So Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I'll get caught up on Special Ops. I'll get caught up on Mayor of Kingstown. I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. for a Taylor Sheridan show. Aaron. There you go. All right, this let's is our do backwards it. pilot. Our back. Our backwards. Our backdoor pilot. <laughs> That's a backdoor pilot with Aaron and Polly. 
Or we'll just call it Backdoor with Aaron Pauly. <laughs> and what we'll do is every episode we'll set up an additional podcast. That's right, because that's what we do. That's what we do. So uh, let us know which podcast you would like us next to start. Give us a shout at Star Trek at IOMGeek.com. And if we use your comments on a future episode, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What do you do? Well, go uh, like, follow uh, uh, the Star Wars Theron and Polly podcast. You'll want to make sure you're subscribed, and uh, that way you can get all of that sweet, sweet Ahsoka goodness. Mm-hmm. So and we will be back before you know it, because, again, we want to talk about Star Trek comics, so we will be back very soon. Just wait. Just like you're waiting for Captain Pike to make a decision. <laughs> Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at Star Trek at IOMGeek.com. Tribble Wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.